Welcome back to the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined with my co-host, John Kegley and David Drogmeyer, as always, here with you on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Thank you to everybody that chooses to listen to us on a daily basis, and thank you to everyone that's reached out to us on Twitter, on Facebook, however the case is, just by telling us, hey, you know, that you're a part of my day. I I, I listen to you in the shower. I listen to you on my way to work. I listen to you while I'm eating a breakfast burrito. We love to hear all of that stuff, and it just means a lot to us that you set a little bit of time out of your day to listen to this podcast, and that's one of the main reasons we have this show for you guys on Christmas Day. I I guarantee most, pretty much every podcast is not going to put out a show today. We're going to look at the five highest pro football-focused grades from this weekend's game against the Ravens. Spoiler alert, it's very heavy on the defense. Then we're going to get into some other cool pro football-focused numbers that you guys are definitely going to want to hear. And then we get into our press conference sound from the week. We always hear from Coach Anthony Lynn and Phillip Rivers, who are switching it up today. We have Melvin Gordon and Brandon Meebane. And this week, the question on everybody's mind is, who wins the rematch? It's very likely that the Chargers could end up playing the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs in Baltimore. So we'll talk about what we think would happen if these two teams matched up again because hey it's only two weeks away from the playoffs but first we need to talk about the pro football focus top five graded players on the chargers this week so let's start with number one a guy who basically hasn't played in a month for the chargers and that's brandon mebane coming in with an 87.5 easily his best game of the season by far and then if michael davis comes in with a 74.8 Uchenna and Uwosu with a 74.7. Casey Hayward, good to see him back on the list with a 73.7. And Darius Phylon with a 71.2. David, are you surprised that it's all defenders on this week's top five? I mean, how could you really be surprised, honestly? I mean, the Chargers didn't do a whole lot on the offensive side. Only got a three or four series in the first half and... They only scored one touchdown. So am I surprised? Absolutely not. But, you know, before we move forward, I know Daniel said Merry Christmas, but I also want to say Merry Christmas to all of you guys and your families. And we really appreciate you guys checking this out. You can't hear that enough today. Merry Christmas to everybody. John, does anything surprise you on this list? And does it surprise you that Brandon Meebane was a clear 13 points over everybody else on the entire team? The list doesn't surprise me, and me being being up top doesn't surprise me. And he got the most action, basically. Every run play was basically somewhere in his area, if you will. Not not very many were outside runs, so he basically had to shine or be destroyed. He definitely didn't shine, but he did a pretty good job maintaining his spot in the defensive line. And the linebackers that are in the list, too... (laughs) It's just amazing how the offense struggled so much, but the defense was able to shine. If you were to look at any other game, we, it would be the other way around, where the defense was just playing absolutely horrible the whole game, and the offense had to shine. It was the complete opposite this game. That's the part that hurts so much, is you wasted one of the better defensive efforts from the Chargers all season long. But I'm not surprised either that these names are what they are. I mean, Darius Phylon, I think, Probably had close to as good of a game as Brandon Meebane. He was all over the place. But having Brandon Meebane play at that level 
was just something we could have never predicted going into this game, especially dealing with the sickness of his daughter. So to come back and be one of the best players on a defense that we didn't really think was missing him very much, except for depth, I think that's a huge time for the Chargers. But some other pro football focus stats that I saw today. Michael Davis earned the second highest grade on the team Saturday with a 74.8. Davis surrendered only a 39.6 passer rating and allowed zero receptions on three targets. And he turned his head around. David, what can you say about what Michael Davis has been able to do these past few weeks? Well, first of all, before we talk about Michael Davis, we got to talk about the defensive backs coach who finally taught that young man how to turn his damn head around. So thank you very much. That is the biggest Christmas gift that you could possibly give that guy because Michael Davis has all the skills, all the talent. Uh, he has great speed, good size. You know, he has all of the makings, the makeup, if you will, of being a very good corner in this league. Yeah, go figure. The one thing that he wasn't doing well, he does now, and now it's made him much better for it. I think the best part about it is just the fact that he has his head around, but he was always in the position to make the plays. That That's the thing is you, you finally see a guy who was in the right position actually finally able to capitalize on it. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw more interceptions from him because he's actually – you know, seeing the ball when it's coming at him now, which is always nice every once in a while. But he has gotten his grade up to a 72.6 for the season, which is not even a full point behind Casey Hayward. So if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that those guys would be playing to a push this season, I would have told you you were crazy, especially with what Trevor Williams was able to do last year. But the one other thing I want to talk about, John, is Philip Rivers had his one of his worst games of the year, maybe his worst game of the year, and one of the worst games he's had in a while. It was his lowest passer rating with a 51.7, and Rivers' 4.9 yards per attempt was the lowest average since week 14 of 2012. Are you worried about Philip Rivers? No, I'm not worried about Rivers. It. Play calling in this game was horrible. The Ravens' defense was disciplined, aggressive, and up to the point they knew what was coming. If we would have done more things like, say, the crossing route with Tyrell Williams or maybe set up uh, something that wasn't as predictable in the screening game because the running back screen was so was really predictable. If you would have done something maybe like sneak it in the front of the offensive line instead of to the side of it, maybe it would have gone for more yards. Just, just better game planning, and they would have had – more yards per attempt. I don't blame Rivers for this, really, except for the first thrown ball, which was an underthrown ball, because Mike Williams had his guy beat, and he underthrew it. Other than that, there's not much Rivers did that was bad. He just couldn't get anybody open with, against this Ravens defense. Yeah, he didn't, and it just seemed like after the beginning of this game, even though it was a close game, the only thing they had on their mind was getting it all back at seemingly on one play and trying to get those chunk yardage plays with seven-step drops and plays like that, and it just didn't work. And you would have liked to see more running and just less of a panic by the Chargers' offense, who just only seemed to want to throw the ball 20 yards down the field at all times, leading to a bunch of sacks. But the last thing I do want to do is just shout out Chargers rookie safety Derwin James, who recorded 16 total pressures in 2018. 
team, giving him the single-season record for total pressures by a rookie safety in the pro football focus era from 2006 to now with one game to go. So more praise for Derwin James. Hopefully he can wrap up that praise and his accolades with a defensive rookie of the year. But that's just an amazing number as far as pass rushing by a safety. But we do need to get into the press conference sound from this last game and hear Melvin Gordon and Brandon Meebane. But first, I need to tell you guys about what the Locked On Podcast Network is doing on social media. On Twitter, you can follow at Locked On NFL Net to get all of the Locked On Podcast Network's local hosts covering their NFL team on one feed. It's amazing during games, breaking news, and to get the local perspective. On Instagram, Locked On NFL Net is giving you the biggest stories in just one minute on your Instagram story and longer cuts on the biggest stories in the feed. So make sure you guys go follow Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. You'll see us on there and a bunch of the other hosts keeping you up to date with everything going on throughout the league. All right, guys, now it's time to get back into it. Merry Christmas from Daniel Wade, David Drugmeyer, and John Kegley again. It's time to get into the best sound from this last game against the Ravens, and we always hear Anthony Lynn and Phillip Rivers. So this time we're going to listen in to Melvin Gordon just talking about how the offense was set back so much by penalties and how they let the time of possession really get away from them and how frustrating it was just to keep being penalized and putting yourself in down and distances where you make your offense really predictable. And he also talks a little bit just about how his knee felt shortly. But this is from Chargers.com. How's the knee? It's good. Head up, head up. Uh, you feel uh, like you guys let some opportunities. We no one expected a high-scoring game, but yeah. do you feel like you guys let some opportunities slip away? Uh, we did, you know, and uh, we killed ourselves today with the penalties. You know, we convert and you know, penalty. Now you first and twenty, or second and fifteen, or second and twenty, and that takes away from us being, you know, our game being balanced. We can't be balanced if we're behind the change. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just tough. You know, so we killed ourselves with that. Um, you know, I think we, we we were making the plays. We just didn't have the opportunity. You know, we had what three possessions the first half on or, or four or something like that. But the time of possession they had was crazy, crazy. to ours. You know, and that just that's just come from. Being second and 15, first and 20, and not and converting, getting the first down, then getting it called back. It's just, you just can't win a national football league like that. All right, there you have it, Melvin Gordon. I mean, I, I think he hits it right on the head, guys. I just, I think with those penalties and what they were able to do against this Ravens defense, or what they weren't able to do against this Ravens defense, I think it's right. You can't shoot yourself in the foot. On offense with penalties, you can't get to first and 20s, second and 15s, third and 13s to make your offense that predictable, John. And I think that's really what we were saying. It's not all about the penalties. That's not why they lost this game. But it was a huge reason for slowing them down. I'm wondering what took them so long to finally say that in a press conference. I mean, that's kind of been the story all year. And we've been saying on the podcast all year, and now they finally say it in a press conference. I mean, are you just not realizing it? Or have you just refused to fix it? There's been so many games. Like, I'd say the most obvious game would be the Denver game when you had 14 penalties for 120 yards, and you end up allowing Denver to come back and win that game because of those penalties. And now it's the same thing happens against a top-notch team. 
coincidentally, both teams had a really good defense. I mean, is, is this what we have to expect if we were to play, say, the Houston Texans in the playoffs, who have a pretty good defense? Are we going to get a lot of penalties against them, too, that are going to kill our offensive drives? I think this is what you have to look forward to towards the playoffs. Yeah, I think the most depressing penalties, too, are like the Russell Okun getting caught holding. I mean, there's a lot of questionable pieces on this offensive line, but he is supposed to be the stabilizing force. Him and Mike Pouncey, who have both not been good lately. But, David, we all know that the penalties, even though they weren't the reason the Chargers lost the game, had a huge impact, and this is the closest you're going to see to a player calling out the rest of his players for doing something wrong publicly because Melvin Gordon wasn't having those penalties. So he's kind of calling these guys out, and you can see the frustration from his statement. I think that you know he might you might say that they didn't lose the game off of penalties, but I think they did. I think that was a huge reason why, and that and not only the penalties, but just you know being behind the sticks in general. They were behind the sticks a lot in that game and that's not a recipe for any type of success but one of the things that Melvin Gordon mentioned in this was that his knee was feeling okay but you know he might say that but that's not what I saw on the football field I didn't see the same explosive Melvin Gordon that we saw in the beginning of the year and yeah that might be wear and tear but you know he can say that his knee is all good but he isn't all good and I think that's pretty evident Yeah, it definitely didn't look like totally the same player. And when I say the game wasn't lost on penalties, it wasn't totally, but I mainly mean the refs. There were a couple questionable calls, but the Chargers, I mean, did it to themselves. They're the ones that self-inflicted those wounds. Like Melvin Gordon said, they killed themselves. It wasn't always the refs, even though there were some questionable calls. It was them being penalized, lack of execution, which got them in all of those hard situations. But let's listen and, to Brandon. And I feel like if we were to make t-shirts for each one of us on this show and we would have our own specific quote, it would be one of those would be my quote, and that's why do we shoot ourselves in the foot with penalties? Because I say that like almost every show, and now here's Melvin Gordon saying the exact same quote. <laughs> yeah, no, basically, I mean that's what he's saying when he says, you know, we killed ourselves in this game because they really did and they killed any momentum they would have had from the big plays that they made that got called back by penalties. But let's listen to Brandon Meebane just talking about and being asked whether it's frustrating to be doing as well as they did defensively and having the offense not be able to stay on the field, courtesy of Chargers.com. Brandon, was it just tough going early on just because the offense couldn't really stay on the field and then you guys, they were holding on to the ball for a while. No, nah, it was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't tough. You know, that's just football. Sometimes it'd be like that. Sometimes, you know, the offense, you know, they're just trying to find a rhythm. And, you know, it's just our job just to keep getting the ball back, keep getting three and out. So, no, I mean, we're not mad at them. It's just, that's, that's just, it's football, you know. They're, they're a good team. They're a good defense. It seems like you guys were able to lock down in the red zone. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was big for us, you know what I'm saying, to, to lock down, to lock in, and uh, keep them out of the end zone. You know, they only scored one touchdown, and all the rest of them was field goals. So, I mean, um, like I said, they're a good team. So, you got to give them credit. Well, guys, I'll be the first to say that I think that Brandon Meebay might be lying a little bit. I, I understand you're going to say, hey, you know, as a defense, our goal is to, you know, get three and outs on every drive. That's just not realistic. 
Uh, you hold the other team. I mean, you said it. You hold them to only one touchdown and the rest field goals. You should win that game, David, hands down. Yeah, I mean, he could say he's not frustrated all he wants to, but, I mean, there's nobody who, you know, watches or listens to any type of sports that's going to really believe that. That's just press conference speak uh, or media talk, if you will. I mean, there's no way that they're on the football field that much and do that well and have that type of success and not get a win and not be frustrated. It's just not possible. We heard Melvin Gordon kind of saying something we didn't expect him to say. John, this one was a little bit more expected. This is just a guy who's never going to really throw his offensive teammates under the bus. This is basically me being doing the political correctness of media talk, if you will. He He's just trying to say the right thing at the right time. I'll, I'll call total BS right now on everything he said. If you're on the defense and you're getting three, a three and out, like three straight drives in a row, and your offense is doing the same exact thing in return, you are frustrated. And if you're, if you're not frustrated, then you're just there to collect a paycheck. You're basically the Donald Butler, Marcus McNeil of the team. He, he, they are frustrated, and he's just trying not to call anybody out. I like what Melvin Gordon said way better because by calling it out maybe you'll, someone will actually try to fix themselves yeah and I think I mean one way that you could go about it which I mean could be taken wrong if you're the offense side of the ball is hey the offense knows they need to do better but what we have to do is even when they're not playing well we can't let that affect us on this side of the ball so yeah even though we might be frustrated that we have to go back on the field none of us is going to let that stop us from giving 100% effort on the next play that we're out there. Something and, along those lines. And we've seen press conferences like that, where, like, if you go to the Broncos locker room, like last year or the year before, Vaughn Miller would actually say in the press conference, hey, as a defense, we know it's on us. We know the offense isn't going to put points on the board. It's up to us to win this game, and we all take pride in that. He said that in a press conference, and the Denver defense rallied around it. So I think B-Bank could have maybe rallied the defense a little bit more with a speech like that, too. Yeah, or, I mean, maybe just Keenan Allen calling the Broncos trash. That's always a, a fun press conference sound as well. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but, you know, that you're not going to get that. I mean, 90% of it is coach speak and cliches. We're going to put the blinders on, keep our head down, nose to the grindstone, one step at a time, one game at a time, focuses on this week and the next game. It's always going to sound something like that, but it is always nice to hear somebody break out of the box and give you something you weren't expecting to hear. But we do have one more segment we have to get into, and that is the big question of the day, which is who wins the rematch, Chargers or the Ravens? So that's coming up next. But first, I need to tell you guys, this episode could have been brought to you by your company or your product, I know you're upset with yourself because it could have been mentioned right now. Our podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with the sponsors they hear on their podcast. Our demographic is 98% males and more education and more earning than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast by emailing me at dwade4256 at gmail.com to hook you guys up with an end of the season discount the time is running out guys so make sure to email me today all right guys now it's time to get into the final segment of the show i know there's a lot of playoff scenarios 
still in flux right now. I will tell you guys that that Chiefs loss yesterday hurt me so bad because it just makes me sick knowing that the Chargers right now should be the number one seed in the AFC with one game to play and controlling their own destiny. Now you have to hope that the Kansas City Chiefs can lose to the Raiders who beat the Broncos on Monday Night Football, but that still doesn't give you much confidence that they're going to beat the Chiefs next week when the Chiefs know they have to win to keep that number one seed. So right now, it's not the only option, but right now the most likely scenario is that the Chargers will play the Ravens in Baltimore. The, the Steelers lost to the Saints, so the Ravens control their own destiny, and unless they lose to the Cleveland Browns, they will win that division. And more than likely, unless the Texans lose, I think, will be the team that the Chargers will play as the number four seed. So, I mean, I know a lot of people don't want to see the Ravens play the Chargers again in the playoffs, but David, do you think if the Chargers play the first round in wild card weekend that the, the result would be the same? No, I do not believe that the result would be the same, Daniel. And, I mean, I know a lot of people out there are like, well, hey, the Ravens got a great defense and they smothered this Chargers team, but – I think, you know, to go back to John's point earlier, I mean, the Chargers shot themselves in the foot uh, in this game. I mean, like, and also, like I said, they put themselves behind the sticks a lot with penalties and just negative plays. And I think the game plan was completely wrong, and I think they're going to use the tape from this first game to switch things up and change the game plan to a more ball control, short pass, you know, run game type, you know, where you're going to stay ahead of the chains, stay on the football field because, you know, you're not going to get that many possessions. And also, I just got to believe that I think the Chargers are not going to you know, commit as many penalties as they did in this last game. And let's be honest, the Chargers are a much better road team than they are a home team. They're pretty much 7-0 and outside of the L.A. area. So, honestly, I like the Chargers better on the road. If they go to, to Baltimore, I'm pretty confident that they'll make the necessary adjustments to get a W. I think that I agree with some of those parts, definitely. I think the game is absolutely different. John, who do you think wins in the rematch if these teams were to have made up the first weekend of the playoffs? As of right now, I'd say the Ravens win it again because based on what I've seen this year, the Chargers do not learn from their mistakes. I mean, how many times have we had to get on this show and talk about we shot ourselves in the foot with penalties or players not turning their head around, even though Michael Davis finally started doing it. But, like, we talked about it show after show after show, and it took him forever to learn. It's kind of the same thing with the penalties. It's the same thing with getting off to a slow start. We keep talking about it, but they keep doing it. And until I see improvement on that, I have no confidence in us beating the Ravens the second time because we'll probably do the same thing and get holding calls on a big 20-yard route, whatever the case may be. And unless we come out with, like, the most greatest game plan you've ever seen against the Ravens defense, it's going to be the same offensive struggle. Well, and that's the next question I have for you. What, in your opinion, since you think right now that they would lose that game, what do you think would have to change from this game to the next game that could actually get the Chargers a W? Well, with how disciplined the Ravens defense is, you got to <clears throat> take what they do and use it against them. So, for example, if it's, say, second and 15 because you got a false start after an incomplete pass. 
you got the linebackers are probably going to back off the line like they did a lot in that game, and that's when you can hit Tyrell Williams on a crossing route, and he'll run for at least nine yards, at least, and make it third and six, which is an easier third down conversion. But if you get a holding call on that, now you're bringing that back in second and 25. So if you get any chunk play, you can't be holding or false starting or two men in motion, whatever the case may be. You just can't be doing it. And if you can draw all the players up like you were in the beginning when you were trying to hit quick routes to Keenan and those guys, you were drawing them in and starting to hit those deep passes. But every time you hit the deep pass, you got a penalty. But the deep passes work against the Ravens. You just have to set it up, and they were setting it up. But they didn't set it up enough is basically the best way to put it because I only saw maybe three or four opportunities where we actually set up that play while the rest of the time it was one-yard run trying to run a screen pass, and then you try to go for the deep throw, which you didn't set up, obviously, and you get sacked. I got a question. Does the return of Austin Eckler and maybe potentially Hunter Henry change your opinion at all, John? Not really, because I, f- I think Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson are kind of the same player. I'd say Eckler's probably more talented because of his veteran presence that he has been on the team for a second year. But with Hunter Henry, I feel like the Ravens would just double-team him or something. They would say, here's the new weapon. This is probably where they want to go based on what they have in the past. Let's double-team him and make them go somewhere else. And if that's the case, then you're screwed. Because even though Antonio Gates got open, he was only open a few times. And Hunter Henry is the younger, more athletic stud. And they're going to say... We'll take our chances letting Gates get open and just double-team Hunter Henry. I feel like the Ravens' defense is going to be prepared for that. Anybody else? We would play anybody else, the Texans, Patriots, whoever. I would say you give me Austin Eckler and Hunter Henry, and I think we're going to win that game. They double-team Hunter Henry, then someone else is going to be left open. Right, Daniel? Yeah, you would think so. And, I mean, it's more people that are being double-teamed from this last game. I mean, it's not as if they really pulled anything out of the books. That was something the Chargers hadn't seen. They just played very sound, very fundamental, very responsible defense where they had never really found themselves out of place to give you a 20-yard gain on a pass to the running back in the flat. I do think it would be different, guys. I know I'll let you guys talk about what you thought would happen in this game. I don't see it going the same way because, first of all, everything that could have gone wrong from the Chargers aspect did go wrong. I mean, you take away... The two missed field goals, yeah, I mean, one of those was absurdly long. The other one he should have made by Justin Tucker. I just don't think the Chargers could play a worse game than they did. I think you saw their worst game against the Ravens in that matchup. And I think, John, the one thing that really uh, Hunter Henry brings out is, yeah, maybe you can double him. You can bring the safety over the top. But from this last game, the Chargers couldn't get anything on the outside. So if you have a guy that can run down the seam or a guy that can actually control the middle of the field, it's going to open up and draw those safeties to the middle of the field, make them maybe bite on something, keep them in the middle longer so they can't get to those plays on the outside that you can take advantage of. And I just think you see a lot less seven-step drops. I think you see more three-step drops, which probably limits some of the penalties as far as holding penalties. I mean, you're not going to have a Keenan Allen not getting set at the line of scrimmage before the big Mike Williams catch. I just think there's so many things that could go differently. Do I think the Chargers would win hands down? 
Absolutely not. I think you would still get a very close game that probably comes down to the last possession either way. But you think that the Chargers probably could make a play in that situation. I mean, even with the Chargers down six on that last drive, you still kind of felt like, hey, Phillip Rivers is going to put this ball in the end zone. He's done it all year. He did it against the Steelers. He did it against the Chiefs. He's done it many times this season, and you still kind of believed it. And that's with everything going wrong up till that point. I think if they could get another similar performance from their defense, which is saying a lot. I don't know if they could. But I think if they could get another defensive performance like that, I think they have a much greater likelihood to win just because of how many things went wrong in this game. I think they could at least fix some of that, and it wouldn't be quite so ugly. But we are out of time for the day. Merry Christmas to everybody. Thanks to everybody who's been listening throughout the season. And also thanks to everyone who just started listening. I know we're, our fan base is growing week by week. So we do want to appreciate everyone that decided to come check out the Locked On Chargers podcast today. And we will say Merry Christmas to you. But we'll be gone for one day on the Wednesday show, more than likely. But we'll be back with you guys on Thursday and Friday to give you not just our predictions, but our bold predictions and talk about this game coming up this week against the Broncos and what we want to see this weekend. But until then, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to go like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, and to go subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast from. Or you can just tell Alexa or Siri, whatever smart assistant you have on your device, and say, play podcast, Locked On Chargers, and it'll start going. It's that simple. But we will talk to you guys in a couple days. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys have a safe holiday and get to spend time with your family and your loved ones. We appreciate having you guys here. We'll talk to you later. Go Bolts.